Well, I've got something for you today. Only God's word. You wouldn't want Brian Tamaki's word. And again, for people who think that I'm going to now nail this flood and say it came from God to uh, punish naughty, disobedient, mixed up, confused New Zealanders. Well, you're way, 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 way too late. I've done that a long time ago. <laughs> I try to warn you. Said the creation's not happy with you. I don't need to talk about that now. I've moved on ahead. I'm well ahead of, you know, that, that creation's going crazy because the world's rejected God. That's not my business. That's yours and God's. Don't get mad at me. But if you're still watching, waiting for some news like that, I want to invite you as a special friend. All my haters and my enemies are my friends. And I've got a great future for you too. So stay tuned. But all, I want to really take the time to welcome all of the Destiny churches that have logged on for the last of the month. Um, beautiful to have the rest of our Fano family all around the Mutu, the country of New Zealand. And um, they are tuning in today and they are all watching here. So what a blessing to have you all, you know, linked in. And all our iwi tapus too, way from the top of the North Island, Kaitaia, right down to the bottom of the South Island, wherever Derek is right now. <laughs> He's in Christchurch. Um, but it's great to have that, isn't it? You know, this coming together and making sure we have regular, you know, input from another uh, level of gifting. Because our local pastors work hard. They bring the word of God. They do the pastoral ministry. But my, my call, my job, is to make sure that just when you think you can't take another step, I will help you get some more steps out of your, your legs. When you feel like giving up, you won't throw the towel in. You'll remember who you are and why you are here. So today I'm going to help you with that. Is all right? Good? Good stuff. Now, before I do that, as Hannah said, um, a lot of things happen in a day, let alone a week. But um, I was at the, the um, Open Heaven Prayer. You would have seen Hannah's Live and the, the gathering of churches. They have this once a year um, to get an Open Heaven. It's their business, what they do. But I go along there because I support and I want to uh, support every Christian that has Jesus as Lord in their heart to do better, to grow bigger, and to have more influence on this world. But I caught up with my old mates. Wasn't that great? When, you know, it was good to see them, talk to them, and some of us got together. You might have noticed that there was a photo taken of me, Pastor Paul, uh, Pastor Paul De Jong. It was nice to catch up with Paul, see how he's progressing with his health, and also Pastor Peter Mortlock. So the three of us have been... I guess fighters from the past, not always fighting the enemy, fighting one another, uh, and that happens. And when we say fighting one another, it's not, it's kind of like the story I'm going to talk to you a bit about, you know the story of Joseph. Now, um, it was good to be together. Sometimes it takes a lot of time and age and facing a lot of challenges to get together. But I see that a major me, uh, media entity had great um, distaste and great great hate and horrible uh, tweet he put up about us being um, this and that. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, gee, you know, he has Bill Gates following him and 
some other people around the world. So I thought I'd reply. I waited and I breathed, counted to ten. And, but it was still there so I could do it. And I didn't even need to see Hannah. So I tweeted to him, or on answering, and said, Ooh, that's nasty, Mr. Farrier. You know, be careful what you say. Yeah, that was good. I felt, I felt good about it. All right. I felt good telling you. <laughs> Father, I thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful people called Destiny Church. To me, and a lot of them, it's the greatest church, at least in our world. We thank you, Lord, today as we have every uh, person, uh, whether they're at a home or in a church building, a car or somewhere, welcome. And all those from overseas that are, are tuning in for the word of the Lord, you've come at the right time. I pray, God, that you bless thoroughly, open our eyes to see, empower, energize again, take away the enemies within. We've got enough without without having to be fighting with ourselves. So I pray right now, Lord, bless these beautiful people. Heal tired eyes. Lord, bring strength to the marrow of our bones. Heal those that are physically sick, emotionally run down, mentally ill. I pray in the name of my God, Jesus Christ, that you bring supernatural healing right now just because we believe. If you believe, you shall receive. And our faith joins yours right now for the miracle of your life. In Jesus' name. And somebody, look like you believe it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get something. I'm going to really I'm going to sort of mess you up a bit today. I'm going to ask you if you can to stand. It's going to be a, a bit of a... Can you stand, please, wherever you are in the congregation? Everybody stand. Okay. Just go like this. Shake yourself a bit. Get ready. I want you to... Okay. Ready? Clap your hands, all your people. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. And shout to God with a voice of triumph. Yes, sir. Now say this after me. I am... I am... I am... Ready to receive what God has for me today. I rebuke my doubt. I rebuke my doubt. Now I release faith to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a seat. Give me uh, Genesis chapter 30, uh, 37. I am really into this right now. I have, um, I just had this word come to me. It comes just like, sometimes it comes from reading, comes just out of somewhere from within. But this one was very definite. He said, get ready to tell the people it's their turn. I don't need much more, so much. I want you to say it's my turn. Say it's about time. Say it's about time I had my turn. All right, 
Well, let's read some stuff so you can put it up for me, um, please. Is this working? No. Okay. It is. No, it isn't. Now, Joseph had a dream. Okay, stop. That's all I need. If you're unfamiliar with, because my people, we've had a lot of angles from Joseph's story. But I just wanted to take that. Joseph had a dream. Now, I've flicked over to the following verses. I want to read it first, so I'll give you the context of it. Now, Joseph had a dream. Now, now when they saw him afar off, okay, so he had a dream. He went through now an assault of jealousy. And that jealousy turned into uh, dangerous envy. And then when he told his dreams, or two dreams, which is really one dream, his family got upset with him because he elevated himself to a position above them all, even dad and mum. So, of course, they turn on him, and now they do this. When they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired. They conspired against him to do harm to him, to kill him, actually. Now, you have to understand, and you should have known, if you've been around a long time in the faith, that enemies will conspire to see you go down. They really don't want to get you because you're just another person called a human being. If we just fronted you up with your face, your hair, whatever you wear, but nobody knew anything about you, you're immediately accepted. I don't know very many humans that don't accept another human just because they look at them and say, well, don't like the color of your hair, don't like how you look. At least we've got enough decency in haters even that if they meet someone the first time, they don't hate them. It's only when you start to reveal what's in you. <laughs> and not just what's shallow in you, but what's deep in you. That's when you start polarizing. That's when you start seeing splits in your workplace between you and a boss or you and your work colleagues. You may even see splits between you and old friends. You may even see a split between you and your family members. You may even see a split between your husband or your wife. Not necessarily physically splitting, but then there is a divide of agreement that can turn into something more nastier the more you claim boldly that you're somebody. <laughs> Come on. Because everybody really wants you to be no better than them, really. Because all of us are on a journey of improvement. And on that journey of improvement, the most horrible thing that you could ever have is to be left behind, left out, or what we call rejected. It's a horrible thing to be rejected from your your friends or rejected from dad or mum. There's nothing more, um, you know, tearing in one's heart to think that your mother or your father don't want you, don't love you, let alone the, the, the siblings, your brothers and sisters, or someone you love that rejects you, drops you, busts up with you. You know what I'm talking about? We've all had something that's made us feel terrible. That's why suicide, uh, mental health is such a problem. 
Emotional disorders are such a problem. And we have so many family breakdowns. It all comes down to the individual. That whatever happens to them, what they perceive that happens to them to further belittle them, to make them feel less, any human, because we were never created to be feeling like that. You were never created to be on the bottom. You were created to be on the top. If you believe the God that I believe, and he is the only God, he did not create you to be last, but to be first. He did not create you to be under. He created you to be over it all. He did not create you to be on the bottom, but on the top. Above, but not beneath. God loves you. For you to have that stronger in you means now you're getting very serious about treating you well. God loves you so you're not so desperate to try and get everybody else's validation about you. You're not desperate for everybody else to like you. You're not desperate now for other people to approve of you or disapprove of you. It doesn't matter anymore because if God loves me so much, I don't really need now any type of affirmation from another person, particularly when it's negative and derision on my life. So I don't need it anymore. So it's pretty good, isn't it? So this is what's happening with Joseph's life. He, he's got a dream. I'll talk about that in a moment. But I've moved on now that others conspire to kill him. And this is incredible. Now, I want to move on to the other verses before I go a bit further. Then they said to one another, this dream is coming. All right. Come, therefore, let us now kill him, cast him into some pit. And we shall say some wild beasts has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. See, if they could take away the dream, the dream, not your dreams or my dreams, but the dream. See, Joseph had dreams, but there was only one dream. Oh, this is good. Are you prepared to listen today? Okay. 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 So the enemy wasn't worried about any of the other boys' dreams. Even the great Jacob. The enemy wasn't worried about the great Jacob's dream. After all, that was the, great grand, the grandson of Abraham. And that's, Abraham is the big dreamer. But God was looking for, at that time, putting in place the dream. And all other dreams must bow down to the dream. Ooh. You are allowed to have other dreams. Joseph had more than one dream for the simple express purpose that you would understand that our dreams must find that dream. I got a gift and I could have used it for whatever it was. But until I hooked up to that dream, my dreams would never quite satisfy me in my life and I would not quite get to where I'm going. Isn't it more fun to get somewhere with more people than just you? <laughs> How can you party if you don't have a whole lot of other people? I don't want to arrive at the victory podium by myself and have my own party with me and to just have it all clapping for me. That's very narcissistic. It's, a, it's totally... And it's not fun. I'd rather be with a whole crowd of people high-fiving, laughing, laughing because we did it. 
It was ugly getting there. It was downright ugly. In fact, it was vicious. But we got there. And I want to celebrate it with others. I want to jump for joy with you. Come on and jump. Hear the group kisses song? Jump! And that's exactly what's going on here. Joseph was so emboldened about what he had, his confidence gave him a different glow. The glow of somebody having such self-belief means that that's different from having to have other people affirm you. That's the glow you want. It's a different glow, altogether from any other glow. A glow that comes from you having such self-belief in your confidence that it means it's innocent, it comes from within, and it doesn't rely on the permission giving or the you know, the renouncing of that permission from other people. Because you're desperate in your journey to find you, the satisfied, peaceful you, that you are too, too, you're too kind of wired to what they're thinking and saying. How good is it to get to a point where you're a total package, you wake up every day, and everybody else's opinion doesn't matter anymore. You're doing it mainly for courtesy. I do a lot of courtesy, courtesy agreements. Courtesy agreements to keep the peace from the misunderstanding of others. Talking away to me and I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's really like, not really. But I don't want little fights. I'm only here now to fight the big fights. I can't afford to be fighting with half my church because I don't agree with your opinions that you're still growing in. Sorry. About it? No. Right? It keeps me free. It keeps you open. I close your doors a lot more if I poke you unnecessarily than to just to say, yeah, good one. Keep going. The door stays open. You know what I mean? It's, you might say, oh, that's a bit. No, 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 it's not. That's how I am. I got a, um, it's kind of like this enduring kind of, I'll just forget it. I got no hang up with anybody. But this is the person that said this about you. I can't remember it. Thank God I got amnesia in the right places. I haven't got amnesia when I'm preaching, you notice. Oh, I remember everything that's coming, I'm going to preach to you. And I know, and I'm now shuffling inside and how to put it in order. But over all of that, my intuition from my imagination with my inner man is stronger than anything else. That's the three eyes, actually. That's pretty good. Imagination, intuition, and the inner man. There you go. I'm going to solve a lot of problems for you if you've got that. So you understand what I'm saying? Joseph has that type of character. Now, if you think about the story because you know so much about it, we think we know. Here he is getting the dream. The dream does not go to the elders again. It's the same story. It does not go to the most intelligent. It doesn't go with the one with the most letters of, of uh, qualification behind his name. It does not go to the, the best and the strongest in muscles. It doesn't go to the one that went to university of whatever 
you know, Harvard and Cambridge, all those schools, didn't make it. It's not one that's well liked by the, uh, the forebears or the current mentors. And he's their little wee puppy coming up to be the big dog. You can guarantee every time that God is going to choose somebody, he won't go to where all the people would think or vote for. That's why we have messy politics. Because everybody thinks they're the one. Probably the furthest from the ones that should be there. That's the truth. In your family, you've got somebody who's smooth, can talk well, and has got uh, qualifications. That's how we now have put status and judged how people are acceptable and how good and how worthy they are, how far they go, how rich they should be, and what respect they get. But then you can't be a dummy sitting there, taking it all, and be poverty-stricken. Okay? <laughs> okay. Right? That's most of us. Because they said, this is what they said, we're going to put them in a pit. Now, want me, give me my other scriptures before I go on, please. Uh, Saluti, can you? Those ones in 40, 41, 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this man in whom the Spirit of God is? 30 years have passed now since I read that other one. Not 30 years from when he was born, 30 years from when he was 17. You gave up because somebody looked at you wrong? You gave up because there's a flood? I use that one. You gave up because it doesn't feel like nothing's happening? You gave up because other people around me look dead? You gave up because... Oh, apostles quiet lately. I might be just resting. I might be getting ready for my next forte. What you should be doing is focusing on you. Not everybody else and everything else. You should not be scared of earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, fires, pandemics, plagues or anything. You should know better that those things are not going to touch you. In fact, I welcome the storm because I'm familiar with it. It's a part of the deal. I'm going to show you why you should know. And if you know some things, then you're more secure. And you're not going to make crazy decisions that will mess with your destiny. Right? Good? Can I carry on? Thank you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, and as much as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. Now, this is 30 years. He was still a boy way back in another country. This is another huge power. This is called Egypt. He was a little Hebrew boy way back out there in the desert. This was the future Canaan. This is, this is the biggest power on the earth of the day. Now, can you see the stretch of time between when you were in a pit and now... It says here that this guy is somebody different. Now, if you carry on, please give me those scriptures. You shall be over my house. That's the palace. That's, that's the royal palace of the Egyptian pharaohs. And my people shall be ruled. What? This is ridiculous. This is absolutely impossible. And you'd be right to think that because 
this is all so overwhelming and Christians think it never happens because you've been living by faith for a long time, some of you, been giving for a long time, but it just seems I'm staying in the same place. In fact, I've gone backwards. That's why I'm giving you this message today. So according to your word, only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And even then, Pharaoh's throne is shaky. You got a letter Joseph in there. Oh my gosh. But look at this. I want the other two. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh took his ring off his hand, put it on Joseph. Now he's given him his ring. Now, I mean, that's inheritance. That's somebody that not only respects Joseph, because Joseph did no miracles. Don't go to sleep with me now. Joseph did no miracles. And look, look what happened here. He gets a ring. That means this guy, actually Pharaoh, this Pharaoh loves him. He gives him his ring because he's far better than anybody around me. And I really would like him to inherit all of what I got, which is ludicrous crazy because he's a slave boy. He's a Hebrew. He doesn't even belong to the race. He shouldn't even be near here. He does not belong in Egypt. He's not one of us. <laughs> Close him in the fine threads. The best suits, the best dress. Talk about you going to an event somewhere. The best. Put a gold chain around his neck. So he's the bling, bling, bling. All over the place. Now it carries on and he rode with them. Second chariot, which he had. So here's the first chariot. Why these chariots of the pharaohs were covered in gold. Diamonds and all the beautiful stones. The wheels, the spokes of these chariots was gold. I understand the horses were overlaid with blankets of gold. You got some silly people getting upset that you're starting to get a decent sized home to live with your family in. Tells you how, how far away not just, I, I understand, the, I mean, people who don't give a hoot about God or the church, I can understand that. But for Christians not seeing how much you are missing out on, how much you are losing their precious time and where you should, and what you should have where you should be. So he was riding in the second chariot. <laughs> That's equal to probably... A 1968 Corvette. I better get one. Big tires at the back. That's me, you see. The big V8. What is it? They have the, what's, what's the engine? 68 Corvette. Uh, 68, not the Corvette. Okay. The, the, yeah, the Chevy. It's a Chevy engine. I'm not a, I just use them. I ride in chariots, not trolleys. <laughs> They'll try and keep you in a trolley. Here's Joseph. <laughs> Say what you want. He doesn't care anymore about what people, when you're standing in a gold chariot with horses, stallions rearing up, and you're in the biggest power on the planet, and there's, there's Pharaoh just a little bit in front of you. 
You got the second chariot, but that's okay. Because you are ruling all of Egypt. Nobody, they're going to bow the knee. Dreams do come true. 30-something years later, 37, I think, or 38 more accurately from the time he came out of his mother's womb. Just another baby on the planet. Huh? Just another baby. I had no, I'm not just another baby on the planet. He comes out and he doesn't even know. He doesn't know his destiny yet. <laughs> this is so good. This is so good today. I am talking to a whole lot of people today. It doesn't matter. We'll get away from what you're yet. The fact that you were born, that means you're in on the, on the running. You were born. Please give some appreciation to that. Secondly now, it does not start from when you're born. You don't have to be born into royalty. You don't have to be born to be special and have what Jesus had. That was different. This is Joseph, 17 years later, in obscurity. Even Jesus, when he comes back, God comes back into the flesh He's even 30 years in struggle and in waiting and in obscurity. He only pops up for three years after his 30th birthday. Boom. Same time as Joseph, 30, when he started to get some of his, his real wild dream to come true. Okay? That's good. So look at this. Bow the knee. Give me the last ones, please, Salori. I'm pretty sure there's some more. I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of, that's power. So now we got prosperity, right? Now we got power. This is amazing. Oh, I want another one. This is, I'm really soaking in this stuff. Give me one more. Is there one more? One more about all the land? Oh, hurry and go up to your father. Oh, jeepers, creepers. He says to him, this says, look, Joseph, God has made me Lord of Egypt. Come down to me right now and do not. What's he doing? I mean, he's saying that there's, there's a land called Goshen. He's actually, he's divided, partitioned out some prime real estate. With all the water and all the resources. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. You shall be near to me. You and your children, your children. Now he's on to posterity. So there's prosperity. There is power, and there is posterity. Posterity is generations. Your children should your flocks and all your herds and all that you have. Give me this. Come on, let's get it all. Can you still swallow some more? You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. No, 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 we've done that one. There I'll provide for you. Go back. Lest you and your household and all you have come to poverty. He's now put in a poverty protection shield. Are you listening? He's put a poverty protection shield around not just his life. He's made it. That's the dream. The dream only takes one person to make it and the rest of us benefit from it for years and years and years and generations and generations. My little dreams, though, will only do for me and my own. But the dream caters for your children's children's children. It even caters for other people like your haters. And those who mocked me, mocked you, put you down, laughed at you because you believed. And yet they're going to be the benefactors of the very thing that you are believing that they are mocking. Oh, we don't want Destiny Church around here because da-da-da-da-da. Brian Tamaki, really? That's how I know I'm on track. 
That's what makes me bite more into the pie called the dream. I think if everybody liked me and said, oh, he's good, I'd be shivering in my boots. Because Jesus said, watch out when everybody likes you. To be liked, as I said in the beginning, probably is the worst disease, emotional disease you can have, is that you want people to like you. Well, I got some good news for you. There are billions of people on the planet, and probably two of, two of them, two billion of them, don't like you. So on the simple basis that you say, I love Christ, boom. <laughs> they just wipe you out. They won't even look at your history. They won't even, you'll never change them. You just got to keep going though. Don't go bury yourself because, oh, if you do it for a billion people don't like you for your faith, why would you get so broken about one person? Because I know why. Because it's family. It's family. I can take a billion people hating my guts. I don't even know them. But if my mother's not getting it, if my dad's not getting me, it hurts. When a brother or a sister says something about you, that hurts. Now friends are like family. And we often adopt friends because family has betrayed us. And so we find friends, we've got a new family. But you find out after a while that new family can even have betrayers. <laughs> I say, it's true. The thing is, it's not trying to stop betrayers. It's not trying to stop people criticizing you. It's not trying to stop all the rubbish coming to you. No, that's a fight you'll never win. And it will never stop. Because it's an evil world. What you have to do is now go deep. You have to condition you. and How you respond to the hate. How... How are you going to react to what people say or you hear people say about you is the beginning of you starting to get access to the dream. There's no way that Joseph could do what he could do. There it is. And then I think a verse after that says that all, don't worry about your father, your household, come to me, I'll give you the best of the land of Egypt. Look at that. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. Egypt is a heathen, cruel nation power. Filled, is a political power filled with cruelty. They make slaves, they're racist. There's nobody else but Egyptians in the earth. They're, they're ahead in technology, building pyramids, using, making wheels and transportation. They know how to, to get ahead with the, with the very little that they have like we have today, so they're a progressive people. They're a powerful people. They're a good-looking people. They are wealthy, wealthy power. Whew. I don't know about you, but I heard some Christians and teachers and pastors and theologians teach against that. <laughs> Stay away from the world. Keep away from money. Do not do well. Watch out for the heathen. Do not mix. I understand that, but you don't understand properly what that means. Of course, there's all that stuff there because so many of you are not ready 
for that. You think you're ready. I thought I was ready. You see, your end is not the pit. Your end is the palace. If you believe God, you have to believe that with me. If you don't believe God and you're doubting, that's why you don't believe God. So your end is not the pit. You may have been in the pit. Pit is a, The pit means that. That's why it's in the story. It's the lowest place you can get. There wasn't even any water in that pit. Well, pit. Pit of despair. Pit of poverty. Come on. The pit of pathetic living. The pit of receiving all of this disempowerment. And a lot of people are still in the pit. And they're in their 60s and 70s. You might be in a pit. That doesn't mean nothing today. You might be in despair and hate. And you can say, hey, hey, Brian, you know what? I've had a guts full of everything. Well, that's a pit. That's all right. And you're 40-something. That's why this message is for you today. Because you can be in a pit at the moment, but you should not stay there. Because your end is not the pit. It is the palace. Now, if I explain that palace more to you, and why I went to the end of the story, because we hear about Joseph's dreams and favor, and a little bit about his suffering more than we do about his end. The end is darn good. Oh, gee, the end is good. Oh, I've got to fight you now. Some of them are kicking back and saying, I'm just, I'm satisfied where I am, right? No, you, the, the end is why the dream. You're, you're settling for dreams. Probably yours mostly. The dream is bigger than all of our dreams. Destiny Church and other churches too, it's up to your business to talk about, not mine, but I'm talking about ours. The dream is what leads this movement. It's the dream. And that dream is no different. Every that dream must end up at the palace. Now I'm going to explain some things to you. The pit means, well, you got it. The pit means the bottom, the lowest, a place of despair. That's the dictionary stuff. Palace, whoo! <laughs> palace was a home for royal families. <laughs> it was for the extremely important, palatial, hacienda, castle, mansion, opulent. It had everything that you needed. Chows, baths, you, you asked for it, playrooms, all the best that a house could have, and everything that is nice and all that sort of stuff. This ain't no punga hut. And I'm not derogatory in saying that. My dad's here. Apparently he was born in a punga hut. But I don't think he wants to be there now. I know he likes the home where he is now. And he's graduated from a punga hut, Dad, where you were born. And he's now living in the palace of the Tamakis. But boy, I can do with a lot bigger palace, a lot more in that palace, and a lot what everything that palace promises. I haven't reached the fullness of it yet. Oh, of course I'm, I'm, I'm content with what I got, but I ain't. 
I am content and grateful for what God gives me. But if God's got more, I easily can drop that contentment for that and move for the contentment of the bigger and the better. You religious dudes. You can be stuck if you want. Are you ready? The main part of the word's coming. Can I have another 10 minutes, please? You're right. You'll love this. You'll love it. Uh. So my, your destiny, your end is the palace. It's a palatial place. But here's the deeper meaning of that palace. Because Pharaoh, every home of a king, a royal, or a ruler lives in a palace. I remember the old days I used to get into a meeting because I didn't have the time. And I'd say, God's going to take you from the pit to the palace. Like, Yoo-hoo! Because they're thinking about the lavishness and maybe money. That's what, that stops there usually. But as I said, it's the three Ps. The palace has power. That's where rulers live. Right? It has prosperity. Wealth unbelievable. Psalm 35, I think it is, 27 might be, where God himself says he delights in the prosperity of his servants because he, 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 he knows those who shout joy because of his righteous cause. That's the dream. It's impossible for you to hook into the dream and not prosper so badly and wickedly. You have to give it away. Give it away. Don't well, hang on. I'll help me kind of t- um, temper this for you so you can handle it. I've got to give you the big end of it, right? So you, you got this. So the prosperity's there. You're just going to have to deal with it. Prosperity is a good word. I don't care what the media say, your auntie or a friend or some weird church person is your mate, right? Prosperity is good because God gave it. Prosperity is wealth and health. Prosperity, what does the Apostle John say in the New Testament? He says, I pray above all things. Oh, the only apostle that was allowed to live longer than all of them. He was still alive. And all the other apostles were killed. But the Apostle John, the Apostle of Love, says, I pray above all things that you may prosper. That you may prosper above all things. I I wish, I pray that you would prosper. You would prosper. Oh, some Christians want to pray there, praying all your life. I pray above all things that you love, which is the greatest. He says, I pray above all things. He was allowed to live long so the other apostles wouldn't bring another message over. He wanted John to bring this, the apostle of love, to tell you, prosper! I shake the poverty demons right now deep in your heart, in your mind, and in your family bloodlines in Jesus' name. And I shout, prosperity! Joseph was swimming. He was drowning in gold. and He was drowning and drunk on power. Ooh, I love it. There is only one thing left, though, greater than the prosperity and greater than being drunk on power. He had all the power of Egypt. Lift his hand, and that was it. Speaking, what he said had to be done. He was in charge of the most powerful force in the universe as far as human cities and and, and nations were, the Egyptian power was all under Joseph's power. He had the largest political power under his power. 
He was in charge of the greatest financial or economic power in the world. Joseph, the God lover. Mm. Joseph, the God lover. Joseph, the God lover. He loved God so bad, he could weather the storm of the pit of Potiphar's line and of a prison sentence, and then he's elevated to the bliss of the palace. Going to jail was a part of the deal. Being lied upon, being dumped by his family, being abused by his father, being sent away by his brothers, and then lied about, worked his heart out, and he was sentenced by an untruth to a prison sentence, and he never once got a bit of heart. Oh, no, he didn't. He was a happy boy. He was happy. He wasn't just into the heaps. He wasn't into the fame. He was also having an adventure and fun. To him, it was like an incredible thing because Joseph never saw his suffering as punishment, but preparation. That's why you're sitting where you are today in your life. Because you're thinking it should get better because you equate difficult times with punishment. It's not punishment. It's preparation. Can I say this to you? You're, you're right? Can I carry on? You see the palace and all of the gold, the, the, the palatial house, now the, the power and the prosperity is something but Joseph was there for the last P, posterity. In Genesis 45, I think, or it could be 47, Solidity, where he actually says, God has sent me before you. He sent me before you to what? Save your lives, yes, but to make sure that your children's children's children would have the right godly legacy and be out of poverty, out of plagues, out of trouble, and with God living a happy life. Is it? Oh, I'm right. There it is, posterity. See, he had the right reason. But if, you, if you're going to go for the big dream, we're about saving our generations. But prosperity and power, they follow posterity. You can't go for the prosperity first, my dear saints, and think that you'll look after the posterity later. That's why our families are a mess. Why I've worked so hard all my life to get a generational family that was half functional. Because I knew God was a God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Joseph. So get this, he chooses Joseph out of all the brothers, not because of any type of qualifications or he's more godly. Those other fellows were godly, they turned bad only when Joseph was elevated above them. Right? Now understand this, Joseph goes with the dream. The dream is the most important thing. He knew if he was chosen, he would make it. All the other 11, because God knows before we do it, wouldn't. You wouldn't. You say you would, you wouldn't make it. Sorry. Don't be disappointed, Dave. It's okay. Isn't it better to get in? then get disappointed and go to hell? Hey, if you can get me in there, I'm behind you. 
you can take me there, I'll follow you. Me and my whole family, can you get me that? Give me those three Ps. I'll serve you. But boy, if you can't, and you can't even get over a, a simple, small obstacle, just, just get in line with the crowd and just grab Joseph's coattails because the brothers did not know that he was the key to their future. Now, when Joseph arrives in Egypt, he actually uses the beautiful character, qualities of his life to exceed the power of miracles. They got so mad with him in the pit that the father had actually given him a coat of many colors. But the dad wanted him to be loud and proud. That wasn't kind of helpful to Joseph, but there's a lot going on here. Because Joseph got a lot of, he shored up his self-esteem and his self-image and his trust in the father, right? Because he was heading for turbulence, real bad turbulence, right? Joseph doesn't know this. When he's wearing the coat, he doesn't take it off. He struts to the table with it. It's loud. It's colored. It's like, it's showing everybody saying, look at me. I, I'm the one that told you all about you guys serving me, remember? You can see the faces of the other brothers. <clears throat> so what do they do when they get the chance outside the father's sight? They attack him. There's only one brother that saved them from actually being slaughtered. They said, rip his coat off. Let's see what will become of this dream because the coat represented the favor of God. Okay, they could take his coat, but they could not take his character. You can rip whatever you see off me on the outside, but you cannot touch my character. Joseph was in charge of him. You take my favor in front of everybody and all those that are still. You take that away. You can take away. You can try and take my dream, but my dream is in my character. And that's deep inside. So you have to understand God was definitely interested in character. He knew Joseph would love when stream hate was on him. People would say, oh, Joseph, you're just letting people walk all over you. Joseph said, no, no, I've just got a problem with that. I love people. I can't get upset about it. Well, look what they did to you. I know what they did to me. But I just can't. I'm here for my family. You're here for your family? Your family abandoned you. Your family don't want you. Your family would have killed you. If God didn't put it in the head of the eldest brother, don't, don't kill him. Kill the goat, use it on the coat of favor, put the blood, and we'll say he got ripped to pieces. How does somebody walk like that, care so much for people? It's not the care we see today, I'll care for you guys and feed you. I'll care for you and come and pray for you. That's good care. That's not what he's doing. He's giving his whole life to save his family, his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his uncles, his aunt. I can't be bothered about that. It's too late for me, apostle. No, it isn't. Recently, the, next, the prime minister we have now said about his marriage, gone, 
and he said, don't touch my private life. And most of the public in New Zealand said that's correct. It's the biggest lie you could ever have. You tell me if you can't run your home, how can you run a country? Mr. Luxon doesn't want his, his private life too. Well, how are you going to run a country? How is anybody going to run a country if their conduct and their character, their character, we're not looking for perfection. David wasn't perfect either. He's the same. He gets to the palace. Jesus is the same. He gets to a palace. Jo God, when Joseph got there, he said, come, my family, follow me. Come to me. I will protect you. And you will share in the prosperity and the power that I have. Then God says, okay, I'm going to take that family and I turn that character into a nation. He didn't make it a nation because they're called Jews. I think they were called Hebrews then, not even Jews. God wasn't interested about the race although it was a race that was chosen. He would have just kept fighting somebody in that race. If he ran out, he would have just gone, gone caused the fire, burn him all and start again. He found one man. That's how rare it is amongst us. I'm talking to a whole lot of people and I want you to put your head down and say, man, I can't keep that. Because you're, what you're doing is you're construing that as punishment. Because you're not perfect. Punishment because I am in poverty, Apostle. Punishment because I'm not nice to my wife. Punishment because I treat my husband and talk to him bad. I feel it's punishment because I'm not worthy because my kids are not walking with the Lord. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of complexities that you would come to to disqualify. And we work out in our minds, how can I still walk with this, walk with destiny, We'll find another church that doesn't pry into my heart. And seeking comfort so you could think that we're hiding. God says the blessing is already waiting for you. The palace was well underway while Joseph was conceived. That was his destination. God was preparing it before Joseph was even born. You're not trying to get your blessing. Your blessing's already waiting for you. I'm telling you, what you most want that is good, it's in the dream. And the dream is the blessing that's already prepared. Joseph didn't stumble into the palace. And God did not make Egypt powerful. And, in, and in rich and politically stable and strong so they could consume it for them. All of that was going to be transferred oh gee, to the man who had the dream of God that I will save my people and our families will worship the God of heaven. 
the posterity, meaning Joseph cared because while there was a famine for food, he had a famine for family. He wasn't hungry. And when those family, those brothers came, they were afraid of his revenge. Joseph loved him. I know how to be now, do you? Gosh, I've got some haters, but I kind of love them. And here's a Hebrew boy coming from nowhere, and he becomes a star amongst people he shouldn't be a star amongst. I couldn't make it with my own people. So I ended up started going to a protest that God called me to, which I was reticent about. And then suddenly I'm friends with a whole lot of people I've never mixed with. People talking to me I'd never have anything to do with. In fact, we're having lunch after the service with one of those couples who was a beautiful couple, Hannah and I met at the protest or through the protest. She came and then convinced her husband who didn't like Brian Tamaki. When he met me, came to me, he clapped, cheered for what I was saying. It's funny, isn't it? So he's a Hebrew boy rejected by his own family and his brothers and his tribes. Had, he made it with a whole strange group of people. Sometimes it's not where you think. But he came back later on to get them. Hey, brothers, that you thought I was worthless at nothing. Look at me now. And they're going like, heck. Oh no, oh no, that means the promise is going to come to pass and it's come to pass. We're going to have to bow the knee before him. And he does too. He does get a little bit back. He says, on your knees. They don't know who he is. He looks like an Egyptian pharaoh. On your knees. They bow down on their knees like this. And he goes, yes. God's promise always comes to pass. Sorry, it's raining, so you're rushing nowhere. Two minutes? Listen to this. God already had that blessing waiting. Your palace and my palace, it's already waiting. It's been prepared for us. Right? I, I can smell it almost. Now, God always had the blessing waiting, but he hides it. He stacks it away. He puts it away, and it's been spoken for. In other words, all the power and the biggest power on the earth, all the finances and the biggest economy on the earth, he's got that earmarked, and he said it's spoken for. Then he says, all of the future of a great nation, he speaks for it. So now he gets it, and he hides it. He hides it where? He hides it in the spirit. He hides it in the spirit so it would never be stolen by anybody. That imposters cannot steal your dream. They cannot steal your prosperity. They cannot steal your power. They cannot steal what rightfully belongs to you. That's why God says, don't worry about your stuff. <laughs> you, you think that's all you're going to have? Don't worry about what you've got now because what I'm going to give you is far greater than all of the stuff that you guys put together all had anyway. He says, I will give you the best and you will eat the very fat of the land. You hearing what I'm saying? 
what, where you're going for. Forget about your little house. I got a palace for you. Forget about you trying to wonder what to do next. I got a job for you to do. You've got to understand that the dream, the dream had to go deep. So it could never be touched in Joseph's life. They could touch Joseph. They could tear Joseph. They could accuse Joseph. They could prosecute Joseph. But they could never touch Joseph's dream. His dream was untouchable because it was deep down inside. And what's inside is more powerful than what's on the outside. And you have to first have it in here before you get it out there. What Joseph, that dream was the palace. He had, he had flicks of it when he said, Brothers, I've had a dream as a 17-year-old who was totally ignorant of it. And I dreamed that your sheaves bowed down to mine. That is there, the power. Then he talks about the sun, moon, and the stars. Oh my gosh, this guy's reaching for the sky, for everything that's under it, and that's the wealth of it all. It was all his, everything. Then he talks about the brothers being involved as the 11 stars, and he said, my mum and dad are the moon and the sun. He was involving the posterity. He was involving Fano. He was involving, actually, the whole future of people and family. What a guy! How hard is that for you to have today? There's nobody stopping you except for your own skin and your brain. He hides it in the spirit. What about 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 where it says, I has not seen, neither has ear heard or has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared. See, it's, for, it's prepared for those who love him. When did you stop loving Jesus so hard? So now he says, but don't worry. It's hidden in the spirit. Eyes and seen, ears and heard. It's hidden. So it keeps thieves away. Nobody can steal your call. Nobody can steal your prosperity. Nobody can steal your palace. But he says, I, you can't perceive it now. But then you can. By what? God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Did I not read to you? And I'm finished now. Did I not read to you? Pharaoh said, is there not such a man, such a man as this man, who has what? The Spirit of God in him. That's coming from a, a pagan king who's never read the Bible. He says, can there be more discerning than a whole lot of people I'm looking at? I'm going to look up here. I'm going to look at you. He says, in that man, I am discerning of this dude. That's why Egypt didn't starve, not because Pharaoh had all the stuff, because of Joseph's smarts. He never did a miracle. He had the Spirit of God in him, and everything that came out of him worked. Right? So the Spirit of God, that's the key, revealed to you by the Spirit of God as what? Deep. So Joseph, how long ago is that? Somebody tell me. 6,000 years? Six, Joseph, 6,000 years ago? Spirit of God? Yeah, a few thousand years ago, say three, so half. So go from 6,000 to 3,000 later, some guys called Peter, James. 
John, Paul, Silas, Barnabas. They all get the same thing. The Spirit of God comes into them. So the same Spirit of God that was in Joseph went into these dudes. That's the only consistent constant of the story. So they suddenly change from fishermen, tax collectors, crooks. The Spirit of God comes into them. The same Spirit was in Joseph, was in them now. And they stood there. And they boldly said, this is what's going to happen. And they preached. And people come and laid money at the feet of the apostles. But there's a crew of people who said, don't do that. Don't give them the money. And bang, they died at the word of the apostle, remember? And they dragged them out of the house. Three or four big chapters of the New Testament and Acts goes down to about how you feel about that. See, that's why you're still in preparation and you haven't got your palace yet. But I don't, I don't get to my palace, even if I'm ready, until you're ready. So could you please hurry up? Rain around for your hoha, okay? We've got to hurry. So if I say tomorrow to all of you, Say today now, on the 6th of February, on Monday, I want you to be at the Auckland Domain. I shouldn't have to say another word. I shouldn't have to be questioned. And you should be sitting there arranging all your plans immediately saying, he's spoken it. Now, you're not giving anything to me. You are fast-tracking the dream. Because that's the only thing on my mind. But if I have to wait for a whole lot of people caught up in other dreams that messes with the dream. Right? So I'm going to say it. On the 6th of Feb, that's the only um, directive that's coming from your, see I'm using authoritative language, from your apostle. This is apostle, not Brian. So you can't message me or ring me because Brian will answer it. <laughs> and Brian's not so, how can we say it, nice in how he could answer but the apostle says, I'll see you there. And he walks away. And you turn up. And then things happen and then you wonder why. So you should not be sitting there thinking that anything else is more important than the last word what the apostle spoke. Otherwise, we all might as just go to an ordinary church and you don't get the dream. You'd better find a little dream for you. But I'm talking about your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Obviously, Joseph has the power to save them. Not you. All right. I've, I think I'm pretty much done here for today. I reckon that was good. That was good. So if you're down the bottom of the South Island, you're making plans to come up. You're telling whoever is stopping you, say, no, 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 no. We're putting that off. We are going there on the 6th of Monday. He's called it. There's a reason we better be there. That's what you do. You, you adjust your plans. Now we're talking about power and prosperity and posterity starting to come together. Cool? Right. Okay. God bless you. Let's stand together. Why don't we give a great clap for the Lord? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus as we go today. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I'm saying right now, I am going to the palace. Say, I'm going to the palace. I'm out of this pit. I'm going to my destiny. I am being prepared. It's not punishment. 
I've been prepared. So Lord, help me to see that. Adjust and move to the dream. Amen. Now, someone's just said, well, what is the dream? Well, can, hey, can, can, you, can, can you see me? Okay. Say no more. All right. God bless you, and we'll see you later.